0: Welcome to The Teacher and the Preacher. This program is all about the importance of coming to understand that the Christian community and the Jewish community have more in common than we have been led to believe. Rather than seeing each other as against each other, we need to come to a point of seeing that the statement that our country is a Judeo-Christian nation is much more than just a mere statement, but truly reflects the reality of our nation as it was and should remain. Every week there will be an interesting dialogue about the issues that have divided Jews and Christians and how we can move in bridging the gaps and see that by talking about the issues, we can better move in the direction of having more unity. Unity that will heal and help bring together a nation that is under attack by the forces of atheism, secularism, and a breakdown of family values. Join us now for a discussion between the teacher and the preacher.
1: Hello and welcome to The Teacher and The Preacher. Thanks for joining us this weekend. We so value and appreciate all of our listeners who tune in week after week. You may be a brand new listener to The Teacher and The Preacher, and we just say welcome aboard. You've got a Christian pastor and an Orthodox Jew who get together week after week, and we have wonderful dialogue. It's a bridge-building program that really allows us to talk about anything and everything, including all the things that have historically kept us way too divided. We also have the privilege of uh, interviewing and and enjoying some very, very special guests, and uh, today is one of those days. So uh, we always start the program like this. I'm the preacher, Dave Magiera.
2: And I'm the teacher, Harold Berman. And yes, we have a wonderful guest this week. Uh, She's been a guest on the show before, but we're gonna talk about uh, some new things this time. Kay Wilson is a tour guide, pianist, cartoonist, and motivational speaker. In 2010, during the course of her work, she and her American friend, Christine Lukin, were attacked by two Palestinian terrorists. Kay sustained multiple knife wounds. Christine did not survive. Since 2014, Kay has addressed a variety of audiences all over the world, telling of her, her ordeal. In her role as representative of the Palestinian Media Watch, she lobbies Western governments to end the foreign aid that, until today, rewards her would-be incarcerated murderers. She has done a TED Talk, delivered a speech to the United Nations, and has been interviewed for radio and television inside and outside of Israel. Together with a Palestinian friend, she has created The Yellow Brick Road, an educational counter-radicalization project that teaches children in a Palestinian refugee camp emotional intelligence, empathy, and courage. The terror attack in which Kay almost lost her life was the subject of an acclaimed Israeli documentary, Black Forest, broadcast in 2018. Kay, whose actions led to the capture of her assailants, has been recognized by the Israeli police and the Israeli security agency for her courage. Kay previously was a guest on The Teacher and the Preacher. In addition to what you'll hear today, feel free to go back to our website, teacherandthepreacher.com, where you can hear the full recording of Kay's previous show in our archive section, and I highly recommend it because it was a gripping interview. I should also mention Kay is the author of an incredible new book. The Rage Less Traveled, which we'll also be talking about today. Welcome, Kay.
3: Hi, boys. (laughs) How
2: are you? Uh, I feel the
3: love. I I take one step at a time. So at this present moment, I'm good. Thank God.
2: That's great. I love that. So when you were last on the show, we we talked about your experience, and if you can call it that, your experience generally, and obviously an experience you would never have wanted and no one would ever want, Uh, but you've taken that experience and you've utilized it in amazing ways as an advocacy platform against terrorism and for coexistence. You've offered insights into the human experience that unfortunately may only come from such a tragic and traumatic event. So, one area we wanted to speak about with you, uh, given your experience, is the subject of forgiveness. Now, Jews and Christians, as you know, look at forgiveness somewhat differently. There's sometimes a stereotype about the Jewish view of forgiveness, that we're unforgiving, that there's a quote-unquote Old Testament God of vengeance compared to a New Testament God of unconditional love, and of course that stereotype is not quite the case. Uh, We do have a long tradition of forgiveness, but in Judaism we also approach that subject very differently from Christianity. I think it's rather easy to talk about unconditional love or forgiveness in the abstract when someone really hasn't been tested. But Kay, you've been tested in ways that most of us cannot even imagine. Uh, you have street cred, so to speak. So who better to talk about the subject from a Jewish perspective, the subject of forgiveness? So with that in mind, I wanted to ask you, um, I, and this may be, a, um, I, I know this this could be a sensitive subject, but I mean, when people, and I'm sure you've gotten this question a lot, when people say, you know, have you forgiven your attackers? You know, do you forgive them? What what do you say? What do you think?
3: Well, first of all, um, I don't usually get that comment from Jewish people, to be honest. Right. In fact, I don't know one Jew who's asked me that. I do get that inquiry from Christians, you know, lovely friends, well-meaning people. So mm-hmm. I say this, I say... Look, Somebody who's suffered such such as myself, and many people have suffered, uh, it's up to me whether I forgive my tormentor, all right? And in some ways, it's almost easy to say existentially, yes, I forgive him. I could say that, all right? Uh, But I think there's prerequisites to forgiveness. First of all, uh, the person should be sorry, and they should be remorseful. And they should be willing to offer restitution. Now, I faced my assailants in court, and they smiled, and they grinned, and they yawned, and they said they'd do it again if they ever got out of prison, all right? So there's, there's that. They're not remorseful. They haven't asked me for forgiveness. Now, I'm only talking about how it affected me. All right. If they came to me and say, "Okay, we're so sorry. We destroyed your health. We took away your innocence. We've, we've destroyed your sleep routine. We've your your body, your soul." I would have to consider. All right. If they're really, really sorry for hurting me, for damaging me, for giving me irreparable scars, what I do with that? But when it comes to forgiving the murder of an, another human being, on whose authority? can I forgive that? It's simply not mine to forgive. All right. I haven't, I'm not God. The only person who can forgive the murder of my friend, Christine Lucan, is really Christine herself. And Christine's not there. Now when people do, when well-meaning Christians give me the advice and they say uh, they think I should forgive because they, I, I'm quite, what do you say? um, Adamant that I choose not to forgive. I believe I personally believe it is immoral. it is evil for, to, to forgive wickedness. and there's a there's a verse in the Talmud which is very, very profound and it helped me sort things through. It said, "He who is cruel to the kind shall be kind to the cruel. And right. so there's a moral sharpness there of who to forgive and why to forgive and how to forgive. So when people say to me, you know that I should forgive for the murder of Christine Lucan. I, I respond with, like, on whose authority? What Who gives me that authority to forgive the murder of another human being? I've not been elected to do that, and nor have they. And there is a very famous ho- Holocaust scholar called Raoul Hilberg, and he wrote, there is an admonition to suffering, and it's called silence. Despair is not something you have experienced in your bones. You have not been there. So don't even suggest to somebody else what to do. All right? Now that's that's kind of icy and sharp, and it's the only proper response really when you deal with people who've been uh, who've suffered and been tormented. So I don't see any moral weight or value or or reason really to forgive those who are not remorseful, and it is impossible to give on behalf of someone else. That's how I would see it, and yeah. I'll I'll say this too, guys. Like when we talk about unforgiveness or forgiveness, the immediate association is because I choose not to forgive, then I must be bitter and twisted. And I'm really not. Well, I am with some things, but not at all about the murder. <laughs> 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 Just like with parking tickets and stuff like that. But it's like, I think we need to think of It's almost like a think tank is required because I don't wake up every day hating the people who tried to murder me. I feel nothing. I feel indifferent. I don't feel anything towards them. Uh, So the choice not to forgive is not born out of a a raging emotion. It's a moral decision. So when we talk about forgiveness, like if people say, but you haven't forgiven, you should forgive for you. I think it's the wrong word. I've been able to let go because I happen to believe that God is a God of justice and that he will punish the evil. So my letting go and this belief that God will one day punish the evil, uh, that would be the limit of my forgiveness. And it's not really a forgiveness. It's just hoping that one day there will be divine vengeance. And Harold, you touched on something which is really interesting. You know, you said that Jews are often thought of as the vengeful ones and uh, the Christians are all forgiving, which I find that very much an element of virtue signaling. Like the greatest and most moral thing you can do is to forgive murder. And I think it's the, the biggest mistake is to forgive murder. I don't think it, there's any moral value to it. And that there's that it can be taken really far, you know, where the Jews are the bad is, the Christians are the good is, that kind of thing. Yeah, if, if we look at the New Testament, which comes from, of course, the same context of Jews who lived according to the Hebrew Bible and the, the oral law, then I don't see any... By the way, I don't see any word called unconditional love in the New Testament. I I find it nowhere. And I've done a search. I've done a word search. And even in the New Testament, it says God is, you know, if those who believe Jesus will come back, he's going to come back on a horse and he's going to be raging and he's going to have justice. I don't understand where this idea of a flimsy, I love everybody type God comes from, even from the New Testament.
2: Right. You know, one thing uh, Dave and I have actually done a lot on the show over the years uh, is what we call same words, different meanings, where we'll talk about whether it's salvation or Messiah. You know, you can get any number of words where Jews and Christians are using the same words, but they mean something completely different by it. And sometimes you don't even realize it. And in fact, they're talking past each other. And I wonder if this is one of those cases, because if you talk about forgiveness, you know, when a Christian says, okay, why don't you forgive? you know, as you described forgiveness, and this is how I've always understood it from a Jewish perspective, it, it requires relationship. In other words, if, if the murderers came to you and said, we're sorry, okay, then there's a relationship there and there's a mutuality. Uh, without that, you can do, as, as you said, let go, but you, you can't. And that's why, you know, Christine obviously can't forgive. There's, there's no mutuality. There's no relationship there. So I wonder if we're not even talking about the same thing, even as we use the same word.
3: That's very, very interesting. I think that's a a very enlightening thought. Look, also, I I think Judaism gets a bad rap about forgiveness. I mean, you know, as a a Jew, and I know as a Jew, 99% of the time, we are endorsed to forgive. We're we're commanded to forgive. I mean, if somebody cuts me up in traffic, or they were nasty, or or they pushed in line, or or even more serious offenses, I'm not talking about murder, okay? Okay. In in most circumstances, if someone is sorry, I am to forgive them. I tell you where it differs. Uh, Let's take the case of slander. All right, Somebody says something really horrible. It goes all around the internet. It's about you. It's not true. And then that person comes to me and says, you know what? I'm so sorry I said all those bad things. There's a midrash, like a bit of Jewish wisdom here. It happened once. This rabbi, uh, one of his congregation comes to him and says, rabbi, you know what, I've been saying bad words about you. I haven't liked our Shabbat services. The the Kiddush wine is too cheap and I've told everybody and I'm really sorry. And the rabbi says, you know what, Moshe, that's fine. Go home, get a pillow and bring the pillow back to me. So the guy comes back with a pillow and the rabbi says, okay, slice it open. And he slices open the pillow and the rabbi says, okay, now give the pillow a little shake and watch the feathers go everywhere. So he does it. And the guy says, so what's the connection with slander, with gossip? He says, well, you now go and get every feather. So in the case of things like slander and evil words, even if somebody is sorry, in Judaism, we have a choice whether we forgive them or not, because the damage actually is irreparable. Now, the thing that does differ and sets Judaism aside from a Christian idea is the vicarious forgiveness, All right, then in my case, it would be, as talked earlier, I do not have the authority to forgive on behalf of somebody else. So I think your idea is when what you say there Harold about like we use the same words and we're talking, we're talking at odds. It doesn't mean the same thing, obviously, for Jewish people and Christians. Mm.
1: So, this is one of the things that we love about having the uh, teacher preacher program is because it's it's always about dialogue and never about debate it's uh, yeah. the it's the desire to you know appreciate value and learn from uh who whoever it is we 're visiting with so that we can uh, really appreciate and understand better uh, or maybe even be um educated and and really corrected on um, on avenues and perspectives that maybe have been carried that that are not accurate and I think this is one of those uh, those really wonderful areas because when I think about UK and 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 others that have gone through horrendously traumatic events and you've never been in their shoes right I, I've never been in your shoes so it becomes a very difficult thing for me to uh, to really say to you what you ought to be doing and how you ought to handle this, um, for that, for, for number one, I think that takes a lot of chutzpah, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of us who who think that we're doing the right thing when we tell that person that, and not realizing it just adds to the hurt and the devastation. But I do think that one of the things that um, we deal with 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 people in general, whether they be Jews, Christians, or or neither. Is the reality that you know a part of our human behavior suggests that you know we're hardwired to retaliate when when we've been hurt by someone else, um, whether it's our pride or our self esteem, you know, that gets injured or physically injured or whatever. Our, our dreams are, are are dashed and our disappointment is taken to to levels beyond what we can even imagine. And we, we end up losing something that was of incredible value to us and we, we want compensated for those damages. And we pack that around you know in, in our mind and our heart and it shows up in our conversations with people and uh, and if, if it's not dealt with appropriately, it leaves a person extremely bitter. And that bitterness rolls over into just about every relationship that they have eventually. So the whole idea, I think, of forgiveness is something that I really felt you just hit right on the head, okay, when you said, you know, in Judaism we believe that in a just God and that um ultimately it rests in him. I, I think the whole idea of rolling off of myself, the responsibility of carrying this uh, whatever it is that that may be eating me up uh over what happened is uh is now transferred over to a, a just God who 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 knows how to deal with these people um and I don't have to I don't have to live there anymore I don't have to carry that that's what I hear you saying I hear you saying you know what I don't wake up in the morning and and hate uh these people I don't even think about them uh, it sounds to me like you know you 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 came to a point where you just realized, look, you know, I have to leave that in the hands of God. And I think you make an extremely good point as well when you talk about, you know, who whose authority do I have um, to, to really uh, deal with that in regards to Christine? I, I think that's an excellent point. And I think, Harold, the same thing with the point that you've made, the, that we, we talk about same words and different meanings. But I think probably on this, I think Christians are maybe— uh, quick to, to, to quote a uh, rabbi who says, you know, you, you've heard it said, you know, love your, love your friends and hate your enemies, but I say unto you, and he goes on to talk about, you know, do right to, uh, to those who despise you, and goes on to talk about that. While that's, that's accurate, he also talks about uh, forgiveness uh, being connected with brokenness. If there is no brokenness, you know, I can't. I can't forgive that person. But what I can do um, is take that offense and and hand it over to God and and let Him deal with it because He can haunt them in the night. He can get into their head. He can hunt them down and find them. He can rob them of sleep. He can he can bring misery into their life. I mean, you know, this is the value of being able. To, it's not a, a matter of when we forgive they're they're let off the hook. I don't think we believe that that they're, they get a free pass because
3: there's I'm no... I'm not interested in letting these people off the hook. No. I think you You know, what you're saying, Dave, if I understand you, um, look, there's a relinquishing. It's it's like, yes, I hope God exists and I hope he's a just God and I hope there will be divine justice. But that doesn't mean to say that I will just now sit back. No, no, no. Because I make my life's purpose, I want to make sure that these thugs these cold blooded savages will never get out of jail. All right. And I want to stop their little rewards of $4,000 a month. They're given by the Palestinian authority. Yes. So my letting go, which isn't forgiveness, isn't just me sitting back and say, Oh God, will deal with them. I believe that we are God's hands on this earth and I'm doing everything. My vengeance, if I was going to take vengeance, I'd break into that prison and I'd gouge out their eyeballs, all right? That would be vengeance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that would be wrong. That would be wrong. But I'm using the course of justice to make sure that these savages will will not ever, ever see the light of day again. I only wish we had the death penalty. I really do, but we don't. So I'm just going to have to make sure that that whatever i do ensures that they cannot be let out into society.
1: Yeah, i don't think we should lift the pressure off of justice at all. I think, you know, yeah. on the contrary, we should we should work pray hope for justice uh, through through the courts, through the through the laws, all of those things. Very much so. You know, and and there is a day that that is coming as you mentioned that God himself is going to exact perfect justice and put everything uh Right, and and it's only God who can do that. But I, I just think that the fact that you have not only come through this, not survived, but really have been able to, uh, as we talked about earlier, arrive at a point where you're you're functioning at some sense of normalcy and using everything that you've got. To push back on these things and create awareness and bring people to justice and 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 just this very mentioning of you know pay for slay uh, that is done through the Palestinian leadership uh, the, the, all of this stuff needs to be you know lifted high and the lights turned on so that people understand look this is totally unacceptable it's flat out wrong and it's filled with with hatred and driven by hatred I, I think that absolutely needs to be a drum that's beat as hard and long as we can. Yeah,
2: I actually, I so in, in terms of this pay for slay, because, uh, you know, we've alluded to it, but Kay, maybe you, you could talk a little bit about, uh, I think some of our listeners may be familiar, and, you know, there's the Taylor Force Act now in America, and this this idea that, uh, not idea, but unfortunately, it's a reality that the Palestinian Authority uses much of its foreign aid to actually reward terrorists and the families of, of terrorists. And you've been really at the forefront, uh, you know, you've really created this this platform, this this needed platform, uh, to fight against this and to bring awareness to it. So um, love if you could talk about that a little bit, about some of the things you've seen, and I know particularly with your interactions with the British government.
3: Yes, um, I'm kind of doing this in, in, together with the Palestinian media watch, Itamar Marcos, uh, who take all this incitement on the Palestinian television and they investigate into the pan, uh, Palestinian general budget And what we find is that 7% of the Palestinian general budget, which is monies given as foreign aid by foreign governments, including the United Kingdom, of which I also am a citizen. 7% of this uh, is given as salaries to people who've murdered Israelis. Mm. It's Palestinians murdered Israelis and sitting in an Israeli jail. I, I find that obscene, okay, and... Uh, Over the last few years, I mean, it's very painstaking just trying to lobby the various governments. Interestingly, under the previous American uh, administration, they weren't interested in stopping this. Um, But the president now, President Trump, uh, with the help of the uh, Taylor Force Act, as you rightly said, uh, the Americans have cut off the funding to the Palestinian Authority. As have um, Holland, they've decided to reduce their foreign aid by seven percent, which is the amount, as I said, given to the prisoners, and that's a huge moral uh, acknowledgement. You know, it's like saying, "Yes, we did screw up, so we're going to okay, we're going to withdraw that seven percent." Uh, Denmark, the European Union, also they're now only invested in monies, in projects rather than just flo- throwing billions at the Palestinian Authority. Now, interestingly, the only government who are not doing anything, who are actually lying through their teeth, is the British government, Uh, which is infuriating because my friends and my family who are still in the United Kingdom, through their taxes, they're actually paying rewards to my would-be murderers. Um, So, yeah, I find that incredibly distressing, not to the point where I'm just weeping as such, but it's, it's motivational for me to get up in the morning and write another letter that's gonna irritate the heck out of them. Yeah.
1: Well, listen, uh, we're talking this weekend with uh, Kay Wilson, who's really become a, a a friend of the teacher and the preacher and uh, a very compelling story. And we've been talking about a uh, horrendous, horrendous incident that uh, she survived, which was the attack by a Palestinian terrorist who, not only killed her friend, but uh, left Kay to die as well, and and this issue of forgiveness and and the reality that you know for forgiveness is really a pretty loaded, <laughs> pretty loaded word, and uh, so we've been talking with Kay this weekend about what 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 is that about? What is forgiveness about, and how does it uh, differ from between the two faiths, and and uh, what do we do with the actual event? And one of the things we haven't been able to get to, Kay, is, is your book. So one of the things that we'd really like to do is to see if you would just stay over with us for a, a second program. we we'll really, we'll really get a chance to talk more about this new book that you've got, got called The Rage Less Traveled. So is that doable for you?
3: Yeah, fantastic. I'm honored. Thank you, Dave.
1: We love that. So um, why don't, uh, Harold, I'll, I'll just wrap up for us real quick here. Uh, by letting our listeners know, you can contact Harold and I at theteacherandthepreacher at gmail.com. You can check us out on our Facebook page, The Teacher and the Preacher. Harold does a great job at getting, giving facts for the day and, and bringing uh, people up to par on on the truth of what's actually going on in regards to Israel and, and all things connected. You can check us out at our website, teacherandthepreacher.com, teacherandthepreacher.com, and it's a wonderful way to, uh, find out more about Harold and I, and it's a great place to, uh, listen to archived programs. So I encourage you to check out our, our, uh, website. It's also a wonderful place to, uh, simply scroll down and click on the donate button and, uh, give like you've always wanted to give. It's, uh, virtually painless to click the button. So anyway, <laughs> that's what keeps us on the air. And, uh, we so appreciate not only your listenership, but, uh, any of our donors that uh, stand by us. We, we, you just are invaluable to us. So thank you again this weekend for your listenership. We always end the program with uh, a blessing, and that is may the God of Israel who never slumbers and never sleeps, may that God watch over you, Kay, and all of our Jewish friends, and may that same God uh, bless America and help America. Until next week, thanks for listening. The Teacher
0: and the Preacher will be back next Sunday for another discussion on how Christians and Jews can come to once again proclaim that the United States is truly a Judeo Christian nation. To contact the Teacher and the Preacher, email them at theteacherandthepreacher@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's theteacherandthepreacher@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and give you shalom.